You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk with Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young on ESPN Radio 94.1. They're in the 757 and beyond as uh, we like to see this show extended as far as we can go. We are currently working on efforts to get it into Dallas, Texas area, so we'll see what happens. I'm the coach, Ed Young. I'm the voice you commonly hear once in a while on here as the main voice, that of Mr. Matt Hatfield, is coming up here in a second. His body is not here. Once again, he's on assignment with the Old Dominion women. Um, I'll let him tell you where he's at because with his shenanigans, who knows? Um, he seems to always be on the run. What are you and, talking about? And, 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 shenanigans. Yeah, see that? See, he's trying to weasel in, and we haven't even introduced him yet. But go ahead, Matt. Let everybody know where you're at. I'm in Atlanta. I was in Louisiana getting some Cajun food. And you said we're trying to get in Dallas, Texas. I thought we were already in Dallas, Texas. My biggest question, though, is are we in Thailand so former Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury can hear us? Um, I doubt we're that far off. I remember I once hit a button that put us on in uh, – I someplace in Japan, and and the bosses weren't happy with me, but that's why I'm not allowed to touch nothing. And AJ uh, AJ Risser, who is behind the glass running the show, put a lot of great tape on a lot of buttons in here. So I'm going to assume he means don't touch those buttons. Is that right, AJ? Uh, obviously. I mean, I'm not surprised that you accidentally put us on in Thailand, if that's the case, um, because I don't know how to do that. Okay, I'll take full credit for that if it, if it helps – our marketability, it gets us money. I want credit for that. If it doesn't, if we don't, AJ, we'll just blame it on Richie. All oh, right. I mean, uh, yeah, that him or Dino. One yeah, of, one of those either Richie or, or Richie Somerville or Dino, one of those guys. And we can blame it on Matt, but of course, he he never does nothing wrong. So, Matt, you're, you're in. Accountability. You're in the ATL. Boy, that's a dangerous place. No, it's not a dangerous place. You know, we're actually staying right near the College Football Hall of Fame, which I wanted to go to last night. I also wanted to go to the Hawks and Knicks game, but. I couldn't pull it out on Iverson. We had to go to practice, and I couldn't yell back at the at the coaching staff and people in charge. Practice? We talking about practice for you know we got a game. Who cares about practice? I couldn't do that. That would be great. I want you to pull a Shannon Sharp. Go sit courtside and get an argument so we could see on national TV and then all the all the uh, uh, social media Hatfield standing up fussing out Trey Young for the Hawks, and then they have to escort Hatfield out. Well, I wouldn't have a rooting interest in that game. I really wanted to just go see our good buddy who's been on the show before and is actually doing better after his uh, serious episode on TV, Bob Rathbun, who used to be a voice for Old Dominion and the Tides and Women Mary. And yes, on News yes. Channel 3. People know Bob well, and he's come on every time we pretty much asked him, I think, except for once when he had a speaking engagement. So uh, I wanted to go see Bob, and, and I'm not really hang out with him because he has work to do with Dominique Wilkins on the uh, call of the Hawks games on Valley Sports, but... I didn't get the opportunity last night. Uh, it is a, it is a nice town, though. A lot of sports things happen everywhere you go to airport and beyond. You've got Georgia National Championship uh, paraphernalia and signage, which, by the way, they just had to wheel out from the back from last year because they went back to back. And um, no Falcons championship gear because they're not in the playoffs. The Hawks are kind of in that bubble, if you will, hanging in there. And uh, the Atlanta Braves are not too long removed from a World Series title and there's still a lot of brave stuff hanging around here not so much the championship from a couple seasons ago but uh they love their braves they love their georgia bulldogs down here it's a great sports city um Mm -hmm. and and they do get into the college athletics too it's a lot of times your pro sports will dominate a lot of the college situation but they'll do they do claim georgia down of course when you win a national title i'm sure the northern florida is claiming georgia that's true. Well, we got a busy show. Uh, you'll be talking in the next segment with David Driver, who has come on the program before. I had him on about his baseball book. He's now got a basketball book out, uh, that baseball book from Tidewater to the Shenandoah. You can follow uh, David on Twitter at Dayton VA Driver. He'll be talking with Ed about his Hoops book. I believe it is Hoop Dreams in Europe, but you might have all the particulars and details on that. It's coming up next, and David's website is DaytonDavid.com. He's a former editor in the uh, – Daily News record there in Harrisonburg. We've had some other guests on the show before. Lamont Struthers, head basketball coach of the Menchville Monarchs. Such schedule join us. Top of the hour. Good to know you didn't jinx him last night with his game against the Hampton Crabbers, which we'll get to in a moment. And all the scores, uh, that's coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll play some buy or sell. We'll also have a playback interview from either or, or maybe both, uh, Ryan Height of Kings Fork. Rick Height, his dad and coach of Kings Fork, the boys who are ranked the top team in the area and number one in the state in Class 4 on Virginia Preps, number one in the pilot 
got a big win over Oscar Smith, who was one of just, uh, I think, five or six unbeatens in the state, and the last unbeaten until Kingsford knocked him off in Class 6 on Tuesday night in Suffolk at the Kennel. And, of course, the NFL picks for the divisional round of playoffs, where we'll go through how those did. Dino got his winner. I think Rister got his winner. I think Ed won his big winner, and I did not get my big winner. So we won't dwell too much on all of that. But uh, how was your Friday night, Edward? It was absolutely pathetic. Um, coming in here today with pathetic. a a, um, a tough loss uh, to Great Bridge, 71-69. But how we I got there is, is the issue. We were up 17-9 to at the end of the first quarter. Um, kind of forgot where the basket was in the second quarter, up four. Third quarter was total. Destruction on both ends of the floor. We're now down eight. Got down as much as ten. Rallied back to take a, I think a one point lead, and then this scenario happened. Um, we down three. Um, seven seconds to go. Uh, we run a play for for uh, a show. Well, I was supposed to be a two. I wasn't really really about the three. But run to two, but we had a, one of our players um, able to get the three-point shot, get fouled. Okay, now this hardly, hardly ever happens. Gets fouled on a three-point shot with, I think it was .5 seconds to go. Goes to the foul line for three. All you have to do is make two to tie it, and that's really all I cared about. Let's just get to overtime. We'll be okay. And um, Clank's the first one. And you can see it in his eyes. Clank's the second one. Well, now we got to go to the um, miss on purpose, and hopefully it ricochets off the rim the right way, and we can step in and grab it and hurry up and put it up. Because with .5 seconds, it's really you really can't grab it too much and shoot it. You're just going to have to like throw it up out of your hands. But um, it it did not go our way, and um, that was the game uh, for the most part. That that was it. So. Uh, Tough way to lose to a very, very good Great Bridge team. Uh, they're now 11-3, and three and uh, they'll they'll get some of uh, Virginia Prep's uh, votes to maybe top 10. They were honorable mention this past week. Let's fire up the scoreboard as we tell you about the results from Friday night in high school hoops around the Tidewater area and beyond here on 757. Saturday Sports Talk on ESPN Radio 94.1. As you heard Ed just say, a tough loss for his Warriors as they dropped to 9-4 and four on the year. Uh, Great Bridge winning that one, 71-69. to Did get a couple of threes late from uh, both Jalen Duckett and by Devin Gaines in the final 20 seconds, but could not get those three free throws at the end as the gym was going bananas at NRHS. Good games from uh, Cam Walters, Antoine Brown, and Christian Brown for Scott Bigby's Wildcats, who have now won eight in a row to move to 11-3. What else happened in the Southeastern District last night in high school hoops? Well, uh, business as usual for the top-ranked uh, I was going to say undefeated. They have a couple of out-of-state losses, but the top-ranked dog, if you will, in Tidewater, that is the Kingsport Bulldogs, who dusted off the Hickory Hawks by a count of 75-25 to 25 in their Southeastern District matchup last night. Oh, by the way, good performance from the girls as well on the Kingsport side as we switch over there for just a moment as they pretty much overwhelmed uh, the Kingsport, uh, Kingsport ladies, overwhelmed the Hickory girls in their win last night, getting a... 33.10 assist effort from Soraya Griffin in their rollaway win over Hickory. Uh, also, besides her putting up a big performance, uh, it was a 22-rebound effort, school record, if I can now find it, which I've now lost in my notes here. We'll get back to that in a second when I find that score. But let's go back to the boys for a second. Uh, Southeast initiative last night, besides King's Force win over Hickory, 75-25, to it was... Uh, Oscar Smith getting back on its horse and rolling over Western Branch 75-39 to 39 behind a double-double of 12 points and 10 rebounds from Anthony Lewis. Also got 12 points from Kareem Stagg in their win last night. Indian River edging Lakeland 43-42 to 42 behind Tristan Rickenbacker's 13 points in that one. Bit of a surprise to some. Your former assistant and JV coach over there at Nance River, Ed Craig Frost, his Deep Creek Hornets nudge past Grassfield 82-79 to 79 behind John Menifee's 23 points in that one, and I think that covers the Southeastern, although I seem to be missing their score. You tell me. You know your league better. Who am I, who am I skipping over in that district? You had five games left. I think I just mentioned four. Um, I'm trying. Last night. It would be um, Great Bridge, Hickory. you got Grassfield. You've got uh, yep. Deep I'm Creek. You've got us. Right? you got Lakeland. Maybe I hit them all. I think you hit them all. And that girl's score, if I'm not mistaken, was 104-24. 
King Sporko or Hickory. Yeah, just absolutely uh, lethal in that one last night. Can't seem to find the uh, the stats from it. I just had it too at my fingertips. That's how it goes. When we when we locate him, we'll tell you who shout out who had the big numbers besides Soraya Griffin's thirty two points and ten assists. Speaking of the girls thing for a second, congratulations to Coach Darnell Dozier of Princess Anne. Uh, probably the story of the night last night is he got a 700th career wow. win over at Princess Anne High School. We know about just his decorated uh, history there with the 12 state championships, eight in a row from 2014 to 21. He's been in the title game 15 times. Uh, he's in the Virginia High School League Hall of Fame, and he's one of just five public school girls coaches with 700 or more wins now to join uh, Fred Priester of Oakton, Bill Gibson from West Springfield, uh, also, Alan Cantrell from Floyd County, and most recently here, Robin Dotson of Central Wise, who just got up to 702 victories. So, Darnell Dozier, congrats to him. The dynasty continues. The beat goes on over there at Princess Anne High as the girls keep rolling past opponents. And last night, a winner 42-35 to over Lansdowne behind Tenacious Spencer's 19 points. Hard to believe he's done that in 28 seasons, and he never seems to have a bad season whatsoever. Never. I mean, absolutely never. And... You know, he's not using a walker. He's not coming out in a wheelchair. He's got a ton of energy, um, a great mind for the game, and, and 700 wins is, you know, people talking about me, coming up to me already saying, well, Coach, we hear you're going to get 500. This guy's at 700, and I don't see any signs of him slowing down. No, nobody does at all. He's just been a machine over there. On the boys' side, tough loss for PA. They were down 11 against Dwight Robinson's Lanstown Eagles. Rallied back behind a couple of threes from Samuel Bland in the closing minutes. But Lanstown pulled it out on the road, 51-50. to Ethan Ward with 20 rebounds to go with his 14 points. And freshman Xavion Cleveland with 15 points and 7 boards as they get it done. More beat district results both on the boys' and girls' side. Green Run missing his top scorer and rebounder in David Trey Miller. No problem. They beat Cox 45-31 to to avenge the loss on the road to the Falcons. Earlier in the season, Trevon Norwood with a double-double of 12 points and 10 rebounds. Salem gets the win over Ocean Lake 62-30. to Jaden McMurrin with 10 points, also 10 for Justin Hastings. Tallwood edging past Bayside 58-56. to DeAndre Brown with 16 points. Micah Eastman with 13 as well for the victorious Lions last night. And uh, I think that covers the boys' side of things in the Beach District. As far as the ladies in the Beach District, we mentioned PA's win over Lansdowne. Also, Kempsville a winner over Kellum, 53-41. to Bayside Girls a winner over Tallwood, 62-45, to behind Michaela Pose, 24 points and 9 steals in Salem, defeating Ocean Lakes, 46-24. to As you like to say, pretty much according to form, although Green Run beating Cox a slight surprise there, and we talked about it last week, if they get a 6-7 or 8 seed, they're not an ordinary 6-7 or 8 seed in that very topsy-turvy, unpredictable Region 5A playoff field. No, no, not the proverbial, I don't want to meet them in a first-round type team um, as they get their stuff together as we move into the season. Uh, they would be one you don't want to see. Kempsville was idle last night. They rallied to beat Green Run on Tuesday night in their matchup over there. All right, how about last night for the uh, late Taylor Titans? I'm sure this made all the LT faithful over there, including our pal Bobby Penn in back of the AD, who's a loyal listener and caller to the show, a happy camper. Late Taylor winning over Booker T. Washington. What was a physical battle, 59-54. to You know his success on the football field. Elijah Moss, Washington, with a double-double of 17 points, 17 rebounds, 8 block shots, nearly a triple-double for him. Gets it done on the hardwood uh, for Derek Yogi Edwards after starring for Hank Sawyer on the gridiron. He's got a bright future in front of him. Also last night uh, in the Eastern District, Church on a winner over Norcom. 50-34 to 34 as Paul Jones and Avion Jordan scored 17 points apiece in that one. Jordan had eight assists. He was an MVP in that Western Branch Showcase just a couple Saturdays ago, playing mighty well for the truckers of CHS. I know the Eastern District is off on Tuesday night. Uh, we'll tell you a couple other scores that took place in a second. On the girls' side, Norview a winner over Manor, 80-56 to 56 as Diamond Wiggins' Ed continues to shine for Jonathan Wilson. 31 points for her, 13 rebounds. Eight assists and six steals. She is getting it done game in and game out. And a mighty good get for uh, her at Monmouth. Ed. Monmouth is able to get Diamond Wiggins. Hard to believe she got out of the state, but uh, that's where she is heading to play her college hoops. That's You don't hear much of that. It's a New Jersey school. Uh, they used to be in the um, Northeast Conference when I coached at Quinnipiac. That was one of our big opponents. They are now, I, I forget where, are they in the CAA now? If I'm not mistaken. No, they're not in the CA. I think they're in the NEC. No, that's what they ah, they used to be in the NEC. I'm pretty sure they've switched. Let me let me check that. Yeah, sure. if they, they should are, 
They should no, be in the Metro. They're in the MAAC. They're okay, the that's where they belong. Yeah. They, they definitely don't belong. I thought somebody said they were going to try to go in the CAA. There's no way Actually, they. You know what? You were right. They are in the CAA. They just switched from the MAAC to oh, the that, CAA. They need to switch back. So. That's the wrong place for them. They're totally out of place. Uh, they're uh, in being the CAA. in the CAA. They're in the Colonial. You're right. You but were on top of that, I, I screwed it up. But they got a tremendous player in Wiggins. I'll tell you right now, by her sophomore year, she will be the best player in on that team, and. Um, of course, CAA people, there's some Virginia teams in there. They'll get to see her play in the state, and they're going to be sorry they didn't get her. We might have to, on a future show, cause some controversy, which we love to do. And this is good-natured controversy, not negativity, but positivity, as we like to say. Maybe pick our top five players. You know, they'll obviously be all Tidewater teams that Larry Rabama, our friend of the pilot, and, and uh, staff of their pick, and it'll be all state teams at the VHSL pick. But maybe we'll pick our top five or top ten uh, in the area, and certainly she comes to mind along with Kennedy Harris at Hampton, who's going to George Mason, uh, Zakiya Stevenson from Princess Anne, who's going to Ole Miss. It'd be a very tough top five because you might throw in a couple of the underclassmen that are playing well, uh, like Kamari Mitchell of Western Branch, who we'll get to in a second, one of the Southeastern scores from last time on the girls' side. There's a lot of good players to pick from. On the boys' side, a couple more real quickly. Norview, a winner over Manor last night, 80-56, to as the Pilots got it done in that one to get the W. So, there you have it. Uh, what else do we have from last night in the Eastern? I think that might have covered it, unless I'm skipping over something. Norcom. And again, if you miss any scores, it'll be on Virginia Preps. Norcom Churchland did play? They did on the boys' side. It was 50-34 to 34 Churchland boys. Don't have a girls' score in front of me at the moment. So if you have that to us, 757-687-9494. And I'm still looking for a – I don't have it in front of me at the moment. I'm sure somebody will get it to us. The uh, Maury Granby result last night on the boys' side. Uh, they played last night. I have not seen a final tally from that one. So, all right, let's move along here. Uh, where do we want to go to next, Dad? Let's do uh, Peninsula District. Peninsula District last night. Phoebus Phantoms, a victorious winner over the Bethel Bruins. Jordan Leakes with another good game for them. And uh, we saw Phoebus just a couple weeks back in their matchup with Norview knock them off. And Norview's been pretty much red hot ever since that point. Uh, so last night, Phoebus getting some uh, success. After they had a couple tough losses to Woodside as well as Kicktan uh, beat them, but they get the W over the Bethel Bruins, 47-46, to behind 22 points from Jordan Leakes. We mentioned earlier that Lamont Shows will be on the show. His Menchville Monarchs continue to roar as they beat the Hampton Crabbers last night in their Peninsula District matchup, 56-44, to behind 13 points from A.J. Clark, who's headed to VMI. Etienne Struthers, Devin Kesey, and Jordan Watlington chip in 11 apiece, as well as the Crabbers drop to 7-7. Seven and seven. Monarchs move to 14-0 and on the season. Kickatana winner over Gloucester, 79-48. to On the girls' side, Mitchville victorious over Hampton, 75-59, to as they sweep the Crabbers, looking like they'll be the top seed in Region 5B, which will also include Norview, but they get it done last night as uh, they have a lot of weapons, Ed. They had four players in check that five players in double figures including Kiara Beal who had 18 points and she was injured last season we know about Amari Smith who was a state player of the year was going to Morgan State um Hampton's got a prolific score in Kennedy Harris who dropped 27 for Shonda Billy's Crabbers but Adrian Webb's Monarchs might have a little bit more seasoning a little bit more weaponry and uh, when you beat Hampton like that you're doing something right yeah they kind of seem Head above everybody else. I've seen Hampton play a couple of times. I've not seen Metroville ladies play, and Hampton is a definitely a tough out for anybody. And they've been pretty much rolling over their opponents. But it seems Menchville might be a little bit more balanced, maybe a little bit deeper into their bench. Warwick girls a winner over Denby, sixty-nine to ten, as Vanessa Starks' team moves to twelve and four overall. Lena Whitby with a double double of fourteen points and eleven rebounds to complement Mariana Collins' ten points, and Bethel girls victorious over Phoebus. 56 to 20. Let's squeeze them in fast because we're running out of time here. The extras that we had that we didn't go over. Grafton, a winner over Bruton in the Bay Rivers, 52 to 48. York beating Pocosin, 58 to 32 as Shamarius Whitby had a double-double of 12 points and 13 rebounds. And that one, private school scene Atlantic Shores, victorious over Stonebridge, 68 to 17. Uh, more girls scores for that we skipped over a little bit earlier. By the way, Zania Williams was that girl that had a career night with 32 points that I was skipping over for Kings Fork. Uh, Deep, Cru- Deep Creek girls, a winner over Grassfield, 62-36. to 36. Western Branch girls beating Oscar Smith, 84-43 to 43, as Kamari Mitchell gets her 1,000th point as a junior, by the way. Lake Taylor girls, a winner over Booker T, 44-28 to 28, as Amari Budd had 21 points and 6 assists 
and Indian River. Oh, we was already read that, read that one already. On the girls' side, one more girls' score for the Atlantic Shores over Stonebridge, 63-17. to 17, as That pretty much covers everything that we have from last night in high school hoops action. So there you have it. Uh, we'll be taking a timeout. And, uh, Ed Young, you got David Driver coming up next. I will finish my packing and preparation for today and rejoin you in the following segment. That'd be good. Uh, like I said, a lot of hoop action last night. And real quick before we run to break, because I know it's time. My, one of my guys, Matt, last night, he's unheralded, underrated, Chris Hayes, uh, 6'3", senior. 24 points on 11 of 14 shooting from the floor. 13 rebounds, five block shots. Uh, we we lost by that, too, but it had no uh, bearing on Chris. He worked his butt off last night. And as I said, he's not a kid that normally gets any kind of publicity. He's not a uh, great AAU fame. He's an undersized kid that we play at the four and five spot. He's just a worker. And uh, he's averaging, uh, I think it's 14.7 and 11.5 rebounds a game. He's a double-double guy and, and uh, very underrated. Not bad. So coming up next, David Driver will join the show to talk with Ed Young about his new hoops book. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law, right here on ESPN Radio 94.1. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk with Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young on ESPN Radio 94.1. All right, once again, we're welcome everybody back to 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm the coach, Ed Young, manning the mic for this segment as our uh, main um, host normally on here. Matt Hatfield is in Atlanta, GA. You heard him earlier if you're listening. Uh, He will be back on after this segment. This segment right now is going to be a very special one for us. Um, First time guest for me, though he's been on the show with Matt before, um, outstanding writer, uh, David Dreyer, Driver, is coming in here uh, to talk. David, you out there? Yeah. Hey, Coach. Good morning to you. Thank good morning, you so David. Much. We appreciate you taking some time out for us to come on here, especially with me. We have not had the pleasure to meet physically. We did talk briefly on the phone yesterday, and you kind of schooled me on some things that are going on. And the thing that I'm excited about is you have another book out on the market, um, this one dealing with a near and dear sport to my heart, that being hoops. Um, you did you did talk to Matt before on here. You had a baseball book you have out. Um, let's do this for the fans that maybe tune in the first time. A little bit about your background. I know, if I'm not mistaken, a Harrisburg native, though you're not living there now, and formerly uh, writing for the newspaper there in, in Harrisburg. But uh, introduce yourself to our fans, and we'll get into about the uh, basketball book. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. Yeah, I grew up in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, and went to Turner Ashby High School, played baseball there, wasn't quite good enough to play basketball. Um, maybe wasn't good enough to play baseball, but that's another story. Um, went to Eastern Mennonite, which is Eastern Mennonite University, and, and studied English and journalism there and, and got my degree. Uh, worked for the News Record back in the 80s when I got out of college, and then my wife and I have been in the D.C. area for, for a number of years, but um, was able to spend – about two years as a sports editor back at the Daily News Record in Harrisonburg, pretty much I consider myself the COVID sports editor. So I started right before COVID hit and then uh, went through mostly the fall of 2021. So I, that's a little bit about me, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about basketball overseas. But most significantly um, for this book, my, my wife and our two daughters, we lived in Hungary for three years, and that's how kind of the impetus of this basketball book came about. Now – you did do a one before this one. It was a baseball book. Give us just a little brief about that. I do want to spend some good time on this basketball one because I sure. find it very intriguing. Not that I don't like baseball because, <laughs> as people know me, I'm a gigantic Yankee fan and I, I like baseball. But let's talk about that one. Yeah, so um, actually the, the basketball book, both were self-published. Um, the basketball book actually came out in March. I wanted to get it out in time of March Madness. So kind of circling back and doing some PR for this season. And then once that was finished, I teamed up with Lacey Lusk, who is from the Richmond area, and we did a book on Virginia baseball history that came out July, August. It's got a lot of good reception. Um, It's called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, um, Snapshots from Virginia's Baseball Legacy. And then the basketball book is called Hoop Dreams in Europe, American Basketball Players Building Careers Overseas, And, and both of them are available on Amazon as well. Now, as you do the hoop dreams in Europe, and you did say you spent some time in Hungary, what was the uh, honest for having this, for making the basketball book? And it's intriguing that you're talking about 
you know, players from the 757, some college players from this area, and many over the years have played basketball in Europe. Sometimes people think, well, if they're not in the NBA, they're not a professional player. That's not true. You you can make money overseas, and there's a lot of American players doing very well overseas. So what? Let's take take us through all the genealogy of the uh, Hoop Dreams book. Yeah, coach, you you hit it right on on the head. I think we, a lot of average basketball fans um, kind of poo poo any American basketball player that has to go overseas. They say, oh, they're not good enough to play in the NBA. Well, you know, there's only so many spots available, um, and and guys can make really good living overseas. I, I've kind of spent the week looking at a couple guys from the seven five seven that kind of. Um, typify I don't think there's an, a normal story everybody has their own story but I, there's a couple guys in their early 30s from the 757 that kind of typify what life is like overseas so I'll just Jonathan Arledge um, I covered him in high school here in the DC area had a nice career at George Mason and his fans know he he ended his career at ODU with Jeff Jones I mean you know again he's not an NBA caliber player but since 2015 he's played in switzerland italy latvia france greece porto portugal which my wife and i are fortunate to to go there beautiful city and now he's in south korea so you're looking at um almost 10 years overseas he's averaged about 10 points a game this season he averaged about 11 points a game last year in portugal um so you know a nice career and we'll talk about money later and then you look at somebody like Kyle O'Quinn, who everybody knows about from Norfolk State, had a really nice run in the NBA, you know, drafted by Orlando in 2012, played for the Magic, the Knicks, the Pacers, the 76ers. Um, After that run, he was in Turkey. Last season, he was in Paris. He's now in Japan. So, you know, there's almost every country in the world, especially Asia, South America, Europe, almost every country has a pro basketball league. Now, obviously, the, the caliber of play varies widely, but typically Western Europe, France, Italy, Germany, and then, of course, Russia, Turkey, those are some of the best leagues outside of the NBA. Well, a lot of times, too, David, and again, we, to clear up, when, when people say, well, they're not good enough, the NBA, they're, gonna, they're not good, they go play overseas – you don't just go overseas and play. You're going to have to be wanted, especially if you're playing in a top league. A lot of times the leagues overseas, you can almost look at them like NCAA Division One, Two, Three over here. We we know one is the high level, your best right. athletes. Two is guys kind of mismatched size-wise, not quite good enough for for uh, the Power Five type teams in Division One. And, of course, Division Three is your, your athletes that are not under scholarship – but right. and you might see a six five center, a five eleven point guard at the division three right. level basketball. Still good players, still good basketball. And I'm gonna leave everything towards basketball and leave out the other sports. Still good. Now overseas is kind of the same way. I've been fortunate enough to have some players, a good handful of players, play overseas, still have a few playing, and been educated by those guys as to what's going on overseas. There are some leagues you do not want to play in for fear of not getting money. Um, you may not get paid. You may get stuck. I remember somebody once telling me, uh, an agent, um, as I talked to him um, about players overseas, and he said he always tells his guys, make sure you have an open-ended return trip ticket back to America because you can get stuck over someplace over there. And, and even though you sign a contract, there's been horror stories where guys didn't play well, and when they went to pick up their check, it was they were told, you don't get checked this time. You don't play well. And, and there's not much you can do about it over there. Of course, that would never happen in the NBA. The Player Association is too strong. But but there are some places over there you have to be careful because a lot of times the players have to go to a lesser league to start out and then all of a sudden get seen. And they can move because as you were talking about some of the players, uh, you can hear a lot of different countries. And people say, oh, my God, why are they moving around so much? It's because you're searching for the good contract. You're looking for the better league. And the better team, stronger team, see you play well at the lower level, and they and they'll take you. It's life in in, in the European leagues is a much different than the NBA. Point number two is, it, like a Kyle Quinn who, who played great in the, who who had some nice time in the NBA. I'm not going to say right. they were great, but he had a nice time. Yeah. But but David, think about it, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Why would you want to play in the NBA for let's say thirty grand when you can make a million dollars overseas in a high league? I mean. We just put it on money. Now, some people say, oh, my God, I'm going to play in the NBA. Right. A lot of players don't necessarily have that mentality. 
you know, you, you nailed it, Coach, and you certainly know more about basketball than I do. But, um, you know, some of those stories, those horror stories are in my book. Uh, Greece, I'll say Greece particularly has a bad reputation um, for paying late or not paying at all. And, and you, you really nailed it, Coach. What a lot of, and I'm talking mostly American men at this point, the decision they need to make is, do I play in the G, you know, if I'm not quite on an NBA roster, do I play in the G League? Um, I'm, I'm obviously an affiliated with an NBA team. I'm in the States. I'm in North America. I'm ready for that two-way contract. I'm, I'm right there if they need me. Or do I go overseas? Um, you know, I'm away from my family. Sometimes spouses and children go along. Sometimes, you know, the girlfriend or spouse has to stay back in the States. But if I go overseas, I certainly can make more money. And, and you have to think about that for your career. And, and I've and I've discovered this. I mean, having been overseas, you know, I know if I was 21 years old, I wouldn't have been mature enough to, to go overseas and to a country where maybe English isn't spoken that much. Your coach might speak Romanian or Hungarian um, and you have to rely on a teammate. So there's a lot of factors that go into it besides just the X's and O's of basketball. And, and you know this from some of your players that are going overseas. It takes the right temperament. Um, but yeah, if you're able to sacrifice a little bit um, and, and head overseas, and you're, usually you're paid, you don't have any taxes, you get a free apartment, you get a free car, you get a meal allowance, very little expenses. So if you're wise with your money and you play overseas for 10 years and you make end up averaging 100000 a year at the minimum, you've had a nice career. We're speaking with David Driver right now. He's the editor of the Hoop Dreams in Europe. That's a, a professional, a, a book about professional basketball players over in Europe with some some strong ties to the 757 played here locally. David has also authored a baseball book, Tidewater to Shenandoah. David, before we continue on this, I'd be remiss here not to let people know how they can, uh, all the ways they can get your books, get your hands on uh, their hands on your book. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Um, the easiest way is probably Amazon. Um, if you just simply... Um, type in or, or Google the the, the um, titles of both books, Hoop Dreams in Europe or From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, put in my name. They're also on my website, um, uh, DaytonDavid.com, Dayton, uh, D-A-Y-T-O-N, David.com. I've got a link at the top under books. You just click on that, and it sends you right to the Amazon links for both. And uh, the baseball book is actually now available on the Barnes & Noble website as well. So, um, those are probably the easiest way that that fans and readers can get a hold of them. Okay, we need our need our people listening to uh, again. That's the easiest way I'm hearing it because for me, I'm looking for easy ways. It's Dayton David, D A Y T O N David D A V I D all one word dot com, and that will take you to the Amazon website to go ahead and click on those. And if you, again, a true fan, a true fan. Um, and you want to see some baseball stuff, some inside stuff. You know, I, I marvel, David, at somebody like you that can write a book. I got so many ideas in my head. I'd love to write a book or two about a lot of different topics, I guess because I'm old and I got experience at it. But I just can't sit down and I need somebody to probably nudge me, push me on there. But uh, you've, you've done these two and, and, I, and I'm intrigued. I can't wait to see my copy with this of it. And especially the hoop dreams. What are some things or some players, David, as you went through this, that stood out in your mind and some of the uh, scenarios that they went through? Yeah. And I'll try to make it relevant to the, to the seven, five, seven coach. Um, I, my wife and I got a chance to go to uh, Poland in 2019 and, and met Omar Pruitt, who had a really nice career at, the, at William and Mary. He was playing in Poland at that time. He was kind enough to, uh, to meet us at the hotel and, and we did a video interview for the wave and mary website so there's a chapter on him in the book um and then after covid was you know uh, obviously covid changed a lot of things but in 2021 my wife and i were able to get to spain and uh, i went to two women's games uh pro women's games i'd love to talk about the women's aspect as well but on that trip to seville spain got a chance to meet uh former hampton star danny ag believes uh who Again, has had a really nice career. He's played all over Greece, Italy, Spain. So once we got back from Spain um, in 2021, the, the timing was, was really good. I'd always wanted to write this book. And you're right, Coach. Uh, I've talked to a lot of basketball coaches that would love to write a book. It's just a matter of finding the right time. And so fortunately, um, once we got back from Spain in the fall of 2021, I was no longer the sports editor in Harrisonburg trying to put out a paper every day. So I had some time on my hands. So it worked out really well 
uh, to get these two books done. I, I feel really, and I got a lot of help along the way. I, I definitely want to credit Augusta Free Press in Waynesboro. They did um, the inside design for the basketball book. And then Walker Press in Harrisonburg did the inside design for the baseball book. So I wanted to make it very much a Virginia uh, teamwork effort here. So you're right, Coach. It's it's hard to find the time to, to put a book, and you need to rely on other people. So I hope I hope one day you can put your your memories down as well. From your oh, it'd, be, it'd be crazy. It would be it would have to be a bestseller because stuff in my head is you just can't make this stuff up. Um, but David, now you mentioned about some of the women where now. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I think you and I kind of hit on this, where you made the comment that a lot of the women that play, like in the WNBA, will play overseas because it's two different seasons, and some of your your, your mid-to-higher-level girls, ladies, can make more money. Talk about some of the other things on the women's side. Yeah, so thanks. I, I it's, a huge, uh, it's a huge topic. I'm happy to say that I, I kind of started talking about this in 2018 and 2019, um, with some stories over there. And then with the, the Griner situation in Russia, all, a lot of this came to the fore. Um, a lot of WNBA women are pointing out the, the stress on their bodies. Um, you know, they play in the summer here in the WNBA. The season is relatively short. Um, and so to make a living or to make more money, they almost are forced to go overseas and play. Now, some at the top level, you know, they're able to maybe – they're they're making that decision now just to play in the WNBA, but um, I got a lot of help on this. You know, my my um, being from the Harrisonburg area, my cousin's daughter Kirby Burkholder, who was a really good player at JMU, she was the CAA Player of the Year her senior season. She's played all over. She's played in Italy, Belgium, Hungary. Um, so she's been a great help with this book, and, and she's included in there. And so it's been good to talk to her. But you know, like Jenny Sims, you know, ODU standout played for Phoenix last summer in the WNBA. She's in Israel right now. So the, the wear and tear on the women's bodies is definitely a concern. Um, the pay is obvious, is another concern, and we've seen a lot of action on social media and Twitter about equity for women, not just in basketball but soccer and other sports. So I, I do really feel good about the fact that we've included um, probably 10 to 12 American women in this book. Uh, two of them are on the cover I have not been able to find another book that has had this much content on American women playing in Europe. I, I, maybe it's out there, but I do feel really good about that. I wanted to have as much equity as we could. Well, you mentioned Brittany Griner. Now, the nation got a wind of what happened with her being put in, in a uh, Russian jail. And, of course, she was over there playing and supposedly got caught with some contraband on her. And, and those horror stories of, of those situations, because that's the other thing players are told when they go overseas is, is the law situation is very different than it is in yeah. the United States. And if you're not, you got to be careful because some of the athletes, the American athletes over there kind of get, you know, hero status because especially if they can play now, they got to have to play. And, right. and that brings around, I guess, the wrong eyes. Uh, speak, speak on that. Yeah. So um, my, my wife is um, had a fellowship in Russia actually during the 2018, 2019 season. So I was able to join her very briefly I went to a men's game, um, interviewed a, uh, a, a men's player for the book. Um, he actually is the, is the brother of uh, NBA star C.J. McCollum. Um, he's had a nice career overseas. So I did get to a men's game um, in, tw- in the Christmas time of 2018. And then, of course, when that situation uh, came up, it's been almost a year since the Griner situation came up. And I just checked. I use Eurobasket.com a lot because if fans really are interested in European basketball, Eurobasket.com is a good resource. It's not always correct, but 99% of the time it is. I use it quite a bit. And so I checked the other day, and there are about 40 American men playing in Russia right now. Um, There are only three women. So obviously the invasion of Ukraine has changed changed a lot politically, um, even in basketball. But the Griner situation, I can tell you for sure that before that situation happened, there were a lot more American women playing in Russia. There are now only three or four. So that's had a huge impact on decision making. And you're right. You've got to be careful about politics. And, and you, you know, you need to have an, a lot of these American players. And you know this, Coach. You know, they'll have an agent that's based in Europe or overseas um, a lot of times. And so that can really help them 
kind of, uh, if they have no experience traveling overseas, having an agent based in Europe or overseas really helps a lot with that process. Well, and, and that's the other thing that's being told by, I know some of our players were told that, you know, if you um, get an agent here in the United States and you're able to play overseas, that agent should have some ties with an agent over there because, like I said, if you're over there and your agent's here and you could be stuck, you can really, and you made a great point too, David, about the, um, and we're speaking about, let, let me make sure people know, David Driver, the author of Hoop Dreams in Europe, a beautiful basketball book on um the things about some players from this area, from the 757 or, uh, and over in Europe, it's a great read. It's going to be a great read for me. I just can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, make sure you get your hands on it out there, Dayton, DaytonDavid.com. That's his website. Go to that website. Not only can you find the basketball book and through the Amazon website, you will find the one, Tidewater and the Shenandoah. And I know we got a ton of baseball fans in this area because uh, baseball in the 757 is big. But, um, David, a good point you made, too, was internal strife in certain countries. Now, we don't face that in the NBA and leagues over here. You might have internal situations with your own team, but we're talking about wars. And um, and can you speak on that with any of the players that you talk to? Yeah, so again, the invasion of Ukraine happened right after the book came out. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't have any stories, but I certainly follow that. And, and um, up here in the D.C. area, there were some – they followed some American players that, that were in Ukraine when the war broke out and were able to drive, you know, hours to get out of there. So it was a, it was a dicey situation. And, you know, and, I, and you probably also know this, Coach. I got to know some agents in Hungary when we lived there, Hungarian agents. And, you know, it's not only country to country in terms of salary and how a player is treated. It's, it's club to club. Um, and, you know, some country, some clubs in some countries have more resources than others. Uh, I, I know Hungary really well because I, I got around there for three years. And, and, you know, there's a there's a team in Western Hungary that's always well-funded, has a really good sponsor. They may get three or four American players, whereas some teams in the league might only get one or two. I mean, when we, when we were living there, the 1A level team didn't have resources for uh, American players. They had to rely on Serbians and Hungarians. So it really – it not only you know varies from country to country, but it can vary from club to club within a country. So you really do need to have an agent that has knowledge of, of Europe. And, um, you know, like you said, Coach, you might have an American agent, but almost always you need to rely on somebody on the ground in Europe to, to help you kind of navigate the system. And in some leagues in the past, I'm not sure if it's still that way, they have a limit on what they would interpret as foreign players, American players on certain rosters. Some some don't because, again, it comes down to money. And another thing I've heard from players over there, and maybe this come your way too, is even though a team, a team may sign you and you're coming over maybe as this big-name American athlete, the players on the team could show resentment towards you because you're taking their money. Have you heard any of those kind of oh, stories? I mean – and, and American players, and this is in the book too. I mean, I talked to Eric Atkins, who played at Notre Dame. He's from Baltimore. I mean, when you're an American player and you're in Hungary, you better you better be producing. You, uh, a lot of times, you you better be scoring 15 to 20 points a game. Um, they will, you know, they will get rid of you very quickly. So you don't have the security a lot of times. So yeah, you definitely need to produce. The pressure is on the Americans in a lot of countries. Um, you know, I, when I was in Hungary. You know, you were allowed to have two Americans on on the court at the same time, and a lot of times it seemed like a, a two-on-two game. Um, and you know, like you made a good point. In Poland, uh, I think a year or two ago, I don't know if it's still the case, but in Poland, the rule was you had to have two Polish players on the court at all times, and you had to have at least six Polish players on the roster. Now, that might seem unfair, but here's the reason why they're doing that instead of having five Americans come to Poland and be the starting five, you want to develop basketball in your country. Um, and you're not going to be able to do that if you don't give your top players an opportunity. So, um, yeah, countries vary. And I think Germany now is pretty much wide open. It doesn't matter where you're from. But, yeah, there are – and there's countries like Hungary, Romania. And I'll throw out a name, Trey, Trey uh, Freeman from Kellum High in ODU. He's in Romania right now. In countries like that, they can only afford maybe two Americans. So the the Romanians that are on the roster are getting more of an opportunity. And let's face it, it, hel it helps grow the game globally. And I think most people feel like that's a good thing. 
you know, it's funny as we wrap this up, Dave. It, 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 I'm, sp- I'm thinking as you're saying about you got to have X amount of Polish players on the floor. This country got to have this many. I could see myself coaching over Europe, and I got to say, hey, man, 22, come here. Before I put you in, what, what's your nationality? So I got, I got you on here. Um, it would be crazy. But, David, real quick here now, tell us what's next for, for you. And I think you've got some travels going on. Is another book imminent down the road. Uh, what's your future look for, for you? Yeah, well, well, thanks. I'm not, you know, I've really enjoyed these two books. I feel like they're the topics I know the best. Um, so I might take a little bit of a break. As, you know, it takes a lot of effort to get these done. Um, but actually, my wife and I are, are actually moving to Poland. We're going to work with the Mennonite Church on relief efforts in Europe. Um, so we're going to be based in Warsaw. Um, like I said, we lived in we li- lived in Hungary for three years. We've made return trips, so we really feel comfortable over there. Um, my wife has been an administrator at the University of Maryland for a long time and has a, has a great skill set. So, um, a different definitely a new opportunity for us. I definitely hope to to see some games. I've already looked up. There's American men and women in Warsaw. So when we have a little extra time, I'm sure we'll we'll catch catch a game as fans and. But right now, I think I'm going to take a break from from the book aspect. Well, David, I, I, please keep up to date with us. You, you got numbers. You, you got Matt and I. Please keep up to date with us. We'd love to somehow get you back on here down the road. Uh, we never know which your past will turn. Uh, you, you did baseball. You did basketball. Maybe maybe football in Poland could be your next book. Uh, who knows? But please keep up with us. I'm excited about uh, uh, being able to get the, the copy of the books from you uh, to do some heavy reading. And I would love to see how things go for you. And we really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Coach. Tell Matt hello, and, and once I get off the phone, I'm headed to the post office, and hopefully you'll have some books uh, coming your way the 757 very soon. Well, we appreciate that greatly, and please, once again, please stay up to date with us and keep us in touch so uh, we know what's going on with you and appreciate it today. Great. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. That was David Driver. He is the author of Hoop Dreams in Europe. It has a lot to do with 757 players, some ties, some Old Dominion, uh, James Madison, a lot of the Virginia Tech, Virginia players in there. Uh, we talked even more about it the other day. He's also written a baseball book from Tidewater to Shenandoah, people. Get on the David, DaytonDavid.com website, DaytonDavid, all one word, dot com. Get, get a hold of these books if you're a true fan. If you want to find out what happens to some players that you haven't heard about in a while and you're trying to you know, reconnect, do that for sure. And, uh, and and also you can always get in touch with me and I'll give you some more information on that. Hey, we're way, way overdue to pay these bills. So I'm going to just simply say this. You're listening to Saturday Morning Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk with Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. On ESPN Radio 94.1. All right, we welcome everybody back to Saturday Morning Sports Talk here, 757 style. I'm the the coach, Ed Young. I'm the voice you hear once in a while when Matt allows me to speak, and the Matt I speak of is Matt Hatfield, and you'll be hearing from Matt here in a few. He is down in Atlanta, GA, um, be head of the uh, Old Dominion Lady Monarchs game with uh, Georgia State uh, later today. So uh, Matt will be on here. But right now, Matt had a chance to talk with Ryan Height, uh, senior guard for the um, number one ranked uh, Kings Fork Bulldogs here in the area. A very good team that I had the misfortune to have to play in the beginning of the year. And they're very, very good. Very strong team that I think uh, should should be in the state championship game at the 4A level. And it won't be easy walkthrough because there's some strong teams. But uh, Matt had a chance to speak with Ryan and uh, the other night and their big win over Oscar Smith. Let's see what uh, Ryan had to say with Matt here on ESPN Radio 94.1. All right, I'm here with Kings Fork senior guard Ryan Height. His Bulldogs win it tonight over the Oscar Smith Tigers by a count of 59 to 38. Ryan, and officially have you with, uh, I think it's 13 points is what you had or whatever it might be, 12. Bottom line is you helped get the team off to a great start. Tell me about coming here against Oscar Smith, knowing they have some size, their athleticism. They're undefeated. I'm sure that was a thing that got their ears up. We want to give them that first loss. Yeah, Oscar Smith is always a tough team to go against. Every year they always bring that intensity and toughness, so we just had to match that. And then, yeah, we had to just play better than them, you know. You've got individual abilities on the court. You can dunk it like you did tonight. You can hit some threes. You can make some crowd-pleasing plays. But I think the last couple of years, and you've gone from freshman to play to now senior, you've been known for your defense and your physicality, drawing charges. Tell me what kind of the, the growth in this program has been like and playing for your dad as well. So playing for my dad, the whole vocal point is if you play defense, it's going to come on the offensive end. So I just really try to focus. Getting, if you get the ball on defense, get it back on offense, and it all just comes to you. So. 
Tell me about your assignment tonight. They have some good guards with number one, Trey Williams. They've got also Ulysses Young, number two. And then you also, a couple times, I saw you had the battle of big sophomore aircraft carrier, if you will, and Kareem Stagg. Yeah. What was kind of your mindset and the different players you checked throughout the night? Just to, just to compete, no matter what. Compete no matter who I got, no matter who anybody else had. The whole point, not just me, just to compete. Mm -hmm. Just to compete. What's different about this Kings 14? You guys went through a state championship season where you shared it, had the final game canceled. Mm -hmm. You went through a next season where you didn't get to play. Last year, you guys lose in the state semis to Verona. You've had some good players that you played with and behind, yeah. the likes of Jay Nepps, George Beal. What's unique and different about this particular Kings 14? I think this is the most brotherhood we've had mm -hmm. as far as as far as the team goes. And then we planned for something. That loss last year was motivation. We, we think when we have a, like four newcomers, mm -hmm. most of this team was on that, on that uh, on that uh, state semifinals team that lost. So that's just motivation. And we all play as hard as we can just to get back there and, be, and go further this time. Sure. Knowing basketball was taken away from you all with COVID yeah. a couple years ago, how much did you all appreciate going to New Orleans, also doing it during the school year? I mean, not a lot of teams in the schools get that opportunity, right? That'd be pretty cool. It was this, it was the experience of the lifetime. Like, it was, I think, only two people on the team that flew before. We flew <laughs> down there. This is my first time flying. Sure. So it was just, it was just surreal. So it was, we enjoyed ourselves, played hard, took a loss, but you just learn from it. Sure. A couple more for you. I imagine you want to play college basketball. You certainly have the gifts to do so. Um, give us an update on who's kind of in the picture and what schools you may be considering when it's all said and done. Uh, I'm really considering Virginia State for right now. But okay. I really don't have any other strong considerations, but Virginia State's probably in the, in the lead. What are you looking for and what's a school getting in you? A, a school is getting, I'm just looking for a, a school that's like just home, you know, mm -hmm. just to feel like, just to feel like this felt. Mm -hmm. So, and then a school is getting me a defender who can do it all. And I can score the ball when needed. Mm -hmm. And a leader. Sure. Uh, last two for you. Uh, coach, your dad said uh, we like to pride ourselves like being the Houston Cougars. You mm -hmm. watch much Houston? Yeah, I watch Houston. We try, to, we, try to, we try to pride ourselves with Houston and Villanova. Okay. So we watch a lot of Villanova film, a lot of Houston film, and we just try to model our game after those guys. All right. Who else do you watch when you're watching the pros? Who are the players you like to emulate of the quarter? Do you enjoy watching when you're just hanging out on a Wednesday or a Friday night just flipping around the TV? <laughs> I, try <to> emulate, <coughs> excuse me. I try to emulate my game off Gary Payton Jr. Okay. That's one of my favorite players to watch. My favorite player to watch is Shea Gilgis Alexander for the Thunder. Right. One of my favorite players. Been liking him since high school, and I've just been watching him ever since. Yeah, I might go to the All Star game this yeah. year. And this guy's playing like an All Star for the Kingsport Bulldogs. Ron, hey, thank you so much, and thank, congrats. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good work, man. All right, there you heard it. There you heard it with Ryan Height, the uh, fine guard for Kings Fork. AJ, I kind of, kind of a little smile on my face. He mentioned Gary Payton Jr. And and a guy from um, I think it was Orlando. I'm you know I'm waiting for LeBron James, uh, you know Ky Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry. Not this guy. No, no. And, and you know it's funny you say that. I'm I'm still thinking like Gary Payton Jr. Kids nowadays, man. We think about all the seniors that that used to play in the league that even LeBron played against, and now uh, we've all forgotten about him. Well, and Gary Payton, for those who don't know, he was called the Glove for a reason. One of the greatest defenders, uh, and and a good scorer. Played for. Um, um, of various teams, but I remember Seattle, the old Seattle Supersonics, um, that he had played for, and and his, and his, of course, his son is in there. Gary Trent Jr. is in the NBA. His dad played many years in the NBA too. But you know, when you hear these young kids talk about players, it's usually about the studs. But uh, Ryan Hyde came up with some some people different, so that was kind of cool. And the other thing I thought was interesting, he talked about how they like to pattern their style after the Houston Cougars. You know, that's kind of the cup of tea right now in, in the. Uh, in college basketball, which goes to show you that our youngsters don't dwell back in the day. They take care of who's who's right now, who's next right now. But, uh, hey, let's take another break here. Uh, we got a fine coach from Menchville High School, Lamont Struthers. Um, and we talk about NBA. Lamont played some in the NBA, played, I think, some basketball overseas, too. So, And we had met, talked about overseas with David Driver in an earlier segment. But right now, let's uh, take a break here on ESPN Radio 94.1.